Curious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Fortcast here at fortcast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, Robbie, and this is your co-host, Mr. Meatless. Mr. Meatless is here. Hello, everyone. Oh, what a treat. I sh- should I call you my co-ghost? Oh, Robbie. You got a real knack for this business. That's that's oh. comedy gold right there. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, sure. I'll be the did. co-ghost. Co-ghost, right? So for the people who are uh, listening this week, unfortunately, uh, JM wasn't able to uh, join us this week. Uh, but with it being Halloween just around the corner, Mr. Meatless stepped up to the plate. That's are you right. excited, Mr. Meatless? That's right. It's my extreme honor and privilege to be here on this special Halloween episode of the Forecast, Robbie. Oh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm all a quiver, Mr. Meatless. Ooh, that sounds, that sounds like it requires medical attention. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. I am a British man, uh, so my constitution is somewhat weaker than, uh, than the normal male. Oh, is that maybe. fifth edition rules? Oh, absolutely. Nice. Um, so, Mr. Meatless. Yes, Robbie? Uh, for, for some of the listeners at, uh, at home, or wherever they may be listening to this podcast, um, who are you, and, um, and what, what are you up to? What, what's going on? Some oh. people might not know who you are, is all. Oh, sure. Well, uh, hello, Robbie, and hello, uh, wonderful listeners of the Devolver Digital Forecast. My name is Mr. Meatless, and I am a floating skull from the distant future. I, uh, I play video games once in a while on Devolver Digital's stream. I play on Thursday nights at, uh, oh, Lord, when do I go on? 8 p.m. Pacific. So, That's pretty right. late. No, no, no. It's 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That's right. Ah, uh, okay. I get the two coasts mixed up. It's all just one planet to me. The ghosts, the different, you get the, the different ghosts mixed up. Too much? I Well, I, I think it gets confusing at that point. Yeah, okay. That might be, yeah. You like might the be East right. Ghost and the West Ghost. Yeah. But I mean, I like you, it. I like that it rhymed. Yeah. Are you on the East Ghost or the West Ghost? I'm a West Ghost ghost. Oh, I'm a West like Coast ghost West... ghost ghost host. Yeah, host do you, ghost. Did you like it on that ghost? Is it is it uh, is it oh, cold wonderful. enough for you? Oh, it's it's gotten quite chilly recently, but it's it's absolutely beautiful, Robbie. The way the mist rises from between the pine trees in the foothills of the mountains is something to behold. And there's something Ooh. to be said for rounding a corner on a road when you've been surrounded by forest for, for several minutes or even an hour or so, and then suddenly you're, you're swept away by this vista of a huge body of water surrounded by mountains. It's, it takes your breath away, Robbie. It's absolutely gorgeous up here. That sounds beautiful. It also brings to mind uh, the spooky locales of, uh, of video games. So, with your permission, Mr. Meatless, yes, I'd like to promote. I'd like to propose a, a topic for us to discuss this week. I know you're a little unprepared, but I think this will. Uh, this is close to your heart. What used to be where your heart was. Yes, I'm uh, ready. Well, I thought that this week we could talk about our favourite 
spooky games. Robbie, that's a brilliant idea. Are you a witch? Are you a I witch? I am. Yeah, it's been said. I have a passing resemblance uh, to grot bags, who you may not know. No, I don't know. I don't know very... what that is. I thought that was some kind of British snack. Uh, well, I mean, she could be described as such. Oh, uh, she's yeah, she's a lovely green witch um, who used to be on television in the UK. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds delightful. So, yeah, you you share a little bit in common. She's an entertainer. You're an entertainer. You're both a bit weird and spooky. That's fair. But we were yeah. talking about you being a witch, Robbie. Oh yeah. Um, I, I have to come clean with you, Mr. Meatless. I'm not a witch. I'm just a man. I've heard that before. <laughs> but yeah, Robbie, <laughs> it sounds like a great idea to talk about our favorite spooky video games. Fantastic. Then let's get cracking. Mr. Meatless, would you like to offer up your first game, or would you like me to go first? <laughs> well, I've got something that J.M. wrote here when uh, when uh, he was thinking about spooky games. He left me some notes for the session, and oh, he did. Yeah, oh, I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off of his. I'm going to leave. I'm going to depart from his original suggestions in many ways, but I will leave his initial story. Uh, his first spooky game was Gmail. <laughs> and uh, he I wanted mean, me to tell a ghost story, uh, a, a Gmail ghost story. That didn't. That was the worst portmanteau I've ever made in my life. A, go, a ghost mail story. A ghost mail story. Yeah, Gmail ghost mail story. Uh, so JM recently decided that he was going to play Sea of Thieves. Someone had posted about it, and he's he's all a quiver over. Uh, see, I, I'm learning. All a uh, quiver yeah. over uh, proper <laughs> podcast vernacular. Uh, over getting to play multiplayer games. So he went ahead and bought it, and it requires an Xbox Live account, and he hadn't used his in a number of years. Mm. And uh, so he went to recover it, and he had to recover the email address that he had used for it. And he had this old Gmail account that he hadn't looked at. Well, turns out he hadn't looked at it since about 2008. So wow. it had been about 12 years. And he had Holy apparently shit. left himself signed up for a casting newsletter uh, from back in Austin, Texas. Oh, Robbie, this is the scary part of the story. There were 22,461 <laughs> unread emails when he opened that account back up. Wow. If Kate or Vieco is listening right now, I'm sure they just spat something somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, that's going to that's gonna be a, that's a heavy load. He deleted them all, email server. He deleted them. Oh, he deleted them. Well, he, he set out to, but he could only delete so many at a time. And uh, oh. they say if you listen, you can hear him selecting all and deleting the emails still. Oh. Click, click. Click, click. Click, click. Happy Halloween, everyone. Yes, indeed. Oh, well. We'll spare a thought for the uh, the ghost of JM, who is <laughs> deleting his emails in purgatory. <laughs> ah, aren't we all, though? Oh, yes, it sounds like a, a metaphor for life itself, <laughs> Mr. Meatless. 
<laughs> Robbie, what's your first spooky game? Well, I am going to kick things off with... Well, I, I, I would say it's probably the most classic uh, pick I could have made. Uh, Echo the in, Dolphin. In, well, yeah. I mean, do, do you know what? That was a close second yeah. to this pick. But I left it out because I, I feel like JM and I, we discussed Echo the Dolphin at length on our soundtrack episode. Ooh, which yeah. listeners can go back and listen to if they like. Um, but for this podcast, I decided to go in a different direction. And my first pick is Resident Evil. Chris Redfield. Jill Valentine. Barry Burton. Rebecca Chambers Albert Wesker Resident Evil Never heard of it. Never heard of Resident Evil, Mr. <laughs> No, I'm just fooling with you. Uh, <laughs> you mean the first one, or is there a particular Resident Evil in the series that stands out well, to you? Well, I... So I was thinking about this. So recently I played uh, the remake of Resident Evil 2 and yeah. I thought it was uh, fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought that the the changes that they'd made um, in order to kind of bring the game up to date uh, were all very good. Um, I liked the all of the things that they'd been adapted, I thought. Uh, improved the game in well, many ways. What were those changes? I mean, I, I assume a, a graphics overhaul, first of all, but but what beyond that? Yeah, so um, uh, the original Resident Evil, as we all know, uh, it consisted of um, a number of uh, pre-rendered locations and your 3D character uh, could move around them uh, and you'd use the, what everyone commonly refers to as tank controls. Oh, yeah, around. okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what the remake of Resident Evil 2 did is it did away with uh, that format and uh, it's it's more like the, the later Resident Evil games, primarily sort of 4 through 6, where it's an over-the-shoulder camera. It's more of an action-oriented oh, okay. type thing. Um, but it works really well. Uh, and I thought it was very, very good. But... The reason why we're talking about it on this episode, of course, Mr. Beatless, is because it's spooky. Ooh, nice tie-in. So, yeah. Well, so, uh, I think my pick for this is the original Resident Evil, because I remember the first time I saw the original uh, trailer for Resident Evil. I think it was on, like, a PlayStation demo disc or something. And um, uh, speaking of things that are dead, demo discs. Yeah, I was just thinking those need to come back. Those were yeah, great. Back from the dead. But the uh, uh, a demo disc I had had a, a trailer for Resident Evil that was mostly just the opening 
cutscene. Remember how they had the uh, all the cutscenes in that were like actors, yeah, around in, a, that's in right. a wood, yeah. And in the UK, it was all in black and white because they didn't they couldn't afford color back the then. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, we, we only had we only got color uh, video games in two thousand and one. Ah, the advantage. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember seeing that first Resident Evil trailer, and immediately uh, I wanted to play that game. And even the trailer itself kind of shook me up quite a lot. <laughs> it was pretty scary, I'm not going to lie. And then playing the game, ah, oh, it was brilliant, but it was the f- one of the first experiences I can remember where I was playing a game late at night, and uh, I had to turn it off because uh, it was just too intense. Yeah, yeah, old games. You know, there are a lot of old games that are really scary despite being really just ugly as hell. It's amazing how much work your imagination used to do back then. Absolutely. So, that's my first pick. Solid choice, Robbie. Solid choice. Thanks. Thanks. Did you ever... play the first Resident Evil game, Mr. Meatless? You know, uh, not in its heyday, but, uh, you know, tried to play it a long time afterward and found it just unplayable. It was pretty okay. pretty ugly and obtuse, and the difficulty, you know, spike from the very beginning was, was just like, well, I don't want to fuck with this. This doesn't seem worth it. Um, but did play Resident Evil 2, the original, extensively, and uh, played 4 most of the way through, and then uh, did play five with a friend, uh, so that was good. That was when they brought in the co-op, uh, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. But it wasn't it wasn't really scary at that point. I mean, it was like you know maybe jump scare once in a while, but it was mostly you know I I say that I I did enjoy there's a there was a level in five where we were being there were some guys that I think they had chainsaws and they were. Well nigh invincible. Like, they were hard to kill. And, and my friend and I had a lot of exciting times trying to kill that fellow. And it was pretty scary. It was pretty intense. That that tension, that sense of being hunted mm. is... Uh... Yeah. So in, in the new Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, that's, yeah, that's a really cool feature um, where they've... Um, introduced the mr x character as like a larger component he was in the original though right he was yeah but he i think he was only in scenario b um, okay yeah uh, so he had to finish the game first and then yeah. he's in it but in the, in the remake he's he's in it and he's a bit more prominent um but that was really cool that was re- that was definitely scary nice the first time he kind of like crashes through the roof and starts to chase you uh it's fair to say mr meatless i shit my pants goodness gracious robbie well we can take a break if you need to um i, I should be okay all I right just soldier on through yeah i think so so if we're gonna carry on let's carry on with your next pick uh you know neither of us so- picked carrion Oh, <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> Carrion's great. It's a wonderful game. It's just you know we weren't really thinking it like it w- we were thinking more uh, less recent, I think. But uh... also, that's like <laughs> Carrion. <laughs> Carrion in Carrion, you're the monster. Yeah, it's not so scary that way. It's not so scary that way. 
if anything i mean it's a reverse horror that's, yeah that's the old marketing yeah. pitch yeah which which i took to mean a rollicking good time i think their game is funny as hell it is it's hilarious yeah it's great it's also an rpg oh yeah carrion is 100 percent a role-playing game it's probably one of the mo- best role-playing games i've played in a long time because you because you get to role play as the monster. You get to play that monster however you want to play that monster. Yeah. It's great. Do you enjoy... Uh, being a floating skull, is it nice to imagine having all of those tentacles? I can see why you people lay around so much. Meat can be <laughs> cumbersome. Goodness gracious. I prefer the, the floating easy life of a floating skull. It's uh, footloose and fancy free, as we like to say. <laughs> it does sound like the life to lead. It is, it is. If you think about it, every great story has a floating skull. That's true. Yeah. Monkey Island. Monkey Island. Star Wars. Land Before Time. All of them. Which one? Where's the floating skull in Star Wars? My first choice, I think, for spooky game, I'm going to go with <laughs> Inside. Inside, yeah, I, I, I've not played. You Inside. haven't played Inside? Oh, Robin, do yourself a favor this Halloween season and play Inside. It'll take you. Um, <laughs> hey, Mr. Ellis. It'll take you maybe. Uh, it, it's a three to four hour experience, and I don't know what they charge for it, but it's worth it um, if you're into weird shit. Uh, I think, uh, man, you haven't played it. Uh, oh, I can't wait to find out what you think of it. Um, but I think Inside is a really wonderful game because it and, and my next choice, uh, when you die in Inside, it's really viscerally upsetting. So in Inside, oh. it's, a, it's a platformer. It's kind of almost a silhouetted platformer. Um, I can't remember if your character has any distinctive features or I think they do. Anyway, you're a kid and uh, you start off in the woods and you're being hunted by men with guns and dogs and it's it's kind of like an E.T. where they're chasing E.T. except you're E.T. you're the kid and uh, they're not trying to catch you they're, they'll kill you and if the dog gets you like the dog will grab the kid's neck and just shake him around like a dog will do to when they catch something they want to kill and it's very upsetting and basically anytime that kid dies it's it's not pleasant, Robbie. It's not it's not like woo, 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 woo. you know. There's no cuteness to it. It's it's there's a physical body and they're thrashing and they're trying not to die and it's ooh ooh it's quite disturbing, Robbie. Oh, that does sound disturbing. And there's so there's some wonderful puzzle elements to it. Some of the puzzles are, are exquisite and uh, the mechanics are, are, are. It's I guess if I compared it to to. If there's a genre of platformer that it would fall under, I'd say it would be like, um, I feel like these games like that and Little mo- little Nightmares uh, oh, yeah. are like, um, they're sort of descendants of, uh, what was it called? A Perfect World? 
um, Another World. It another had, World. It had two yes. different titles, I think. But yes. uh, yeah, Another World is that kind of like that, that slow-paced platformer where you've got a person who you know, a, a Odd World is another one where you've yeah. got like you, you move, but you're not super fast, and it's not a it's not a high fantasy as far as physics goes. No, but you've just made me think of another another world was a pretty scary game as well. well you know what? You're absolutely right. That one it was, wasn't it? At yeah. the beginning when you come out and there's like the tentacles that, coming out of the water yeah. and the dog chases you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty scary game. And you have to break out of the prison with the alien. Yeah, that was a wonderful game. I'm glad they never made a sequel or anything like that. <laughs> me too. <laughs> The creator, uh, I think people bugged him. I can't remember his name, but he went on to make a game that is called... Oh, dash it all. What is it called? Well, I can't remember it now, but you play sort of a, a spirit of a tribe. And uh, they like... You, they sing songs. and Anyway, it's sort of a god sim where you get to create volcanoes and, and waterfalls and stuff like uh -oh. that. It's really quite good. I, I wish I could remember what it was called. Anyway. Oh. Well, it's not scary enough for this podcast. It's not scary enough to be talked about on here. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But do you know what is scary? What's scary? My next pick, Mr. Meatless. I'm terrified already. Oh, me too. Me too. Because this pick is uh, a, a, a very unique uh, horror experience uh, called P.T. Watch out. The gap in the door. It's a separate reality. The only me is me. Sure, the only you is you. Now, did you ever play PT, Mr. Meatless? I'm afraid I haven't, and I oh, deeply lament that. Good grief. Uh, you've probably done yourself a favor on one hand because it is terrifying um on the other hand you have missed out in my opinion on probably one of the best one of the coolest um horror games there is i think and i think it is a game a lot of people uh would refer to it as a demo uh, or a teaser because originally it was it was going to be uh, a sort of a, a prologue to a Silent Hill game that Hideo right. Kojima... Huh? I said, right, I'm sorry, I was following Oh, you. sorry. <laughs> That's okay, Mr. Beatless. So it was going to be um, a Silent Hill game made by Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro uh, called Silent Hills. Wait, that was... Which... Was PT by those two fellas? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing stuff. Guillermo and, del Toro is so good. Oh, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah. And I would have loved to have seen what they would have done with the Silent Hill franchise. Yeah, wow. 
But PT was unbelievably good. So uh, if you're unaware of what it is exactly, it was um, a surprise game that was uh, launched during E3 in 2014, I believe. And uh, they it was kind of like a trailer showed during uh, Sony's press conference. And then they and then it was like you can download it now on the store. People downloaded it and it started scaring the shit out of people. People were streaming themselves playing it for the first time, and it was deeply unnerving. Um, so it, it 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 it's a first person experience, and you are effectively inside a a nightmare, and you have to walk through a house um, that was the scene of um, a multiple homicide by a father who, who killed his entire family. Is this all known from the beginning, or is this something you got to glean no, through the No, this is kind of, this. yeah, this is, Ooh. This is all Ooh, this is don't glean. Don't spoil it for me, though. Oh, I won't spoil it. All right. Um, uh, uh, all of this is revealed sort of fairly early Okay. Because um, I do hope to play it someday. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they removed it from the PlayStation Store, so yeah. you can't actually download it anymore. Um, I still have it, um, <laughs> amazingly enough. I never deleted it off my hard drive, so I've still got it. Uh, I know three so people maybe, who have it, including you. Yeah, maybe maybe you could float on over, Mr. Meatless, and we could play it together. Ooh, now, that'd be delightful. It's a bit of a float across the Atlantic, though, I will admit. It's a bit of a float, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you'll agree that it was all worth it if we played PT together. You know, I, I, it, now it's PlayStation 3, right? PlayStation 4. It's PlayStation 4? Yeah. Doesn't PlayStation 4 have a remote play functionality these days? I think it does. Hot diggity shit. I'm going to play. <laughs> I'm going to play Silent Hill PT. Yeah. Oh, that's, you that's absolutely shit. Amazing. I, I wonder how I can do that. All right. Well, because I've always wanted to, and uh, it is the season to be. It is the season. Squeezing our it fears. Yes. As the squeezing our fears. This is the season to be squeezing <laughs> our fears. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, I I, I don't want to spoil it for you, Mister Meatless. So I won't I won't um, dwell on it for too long. But uh, needless to say, uh, when the when it first came out uh i think it scared a lot of people uh not least myself and it still scares me i still have yeah. trouble playing it even oh, now yeah boy. it's one of those things where it's sort of like the 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 scares never really diminish Ooh. it's just it's so unnerving and odd like and it's one of those way- things like even in when you know it's coming, you're like, oh no, oh no, oh yeah. no, oh yeah. not this. You're like, oh fuck, yeah, it's coming. And and also the the way that you interact with certain elements within the game really play with the uh, expectations that you have as a gamer. Yeah. So you kind of have to interact with it in 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 increasingly sort of. Um, obtuse and discombobulating ways, and that just kind of adds Ooh. to the whole 
weirdness. Oh, it's so good. Oh, boy. So good. Oh, I'm very excited at the proposition of finally getting to play this. Because I tell you, I have looked for it. Of course, they don't sell it anymore. They don't let you get it anymore. And uh, someone had a had recreated it in um, in, in in Unreal for PC for a while. It was a bootleg oh. version. Uh, but that's no longer available. Oh. So it's uh, oh, that would be lovely. That would be good. I wonder if anyone's made it in Dreams. <clears throat> Could you make the whole game in Dreams? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Fair I enough. I tried myself. But it might be worth a Google. Yeah, sure. I have a juge at it. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, uh, Mr. Meatless, moving yes. on. Yes. Uh, do you have another uh, installment that you'd like to share? Oh, sure. Yeah, this is uh, this is probably one of the best games that I think exists. Um, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Got a terrible name, but I, I, I almost think that's on purpose. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Well, you got to sell the game, don't you? And you can't call. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, that's true. You can't really. You know, people want to buy things that that have Hellblade, Hell Souls, Soul Blade, Soul <laughs> Souls. Hey, there's not a game called Soul Souls out yet, is there? There that isn't. Like a pretty obvious one. Soul Souls. I think souls. we know who the star could be. Oh, Robbie. All right, <laughs> fine. You're hired. Hey, Hellblade's in you a sacrifice is uh, is a really wonderful game. You know, I should do a better job of writing down who makes the games that I like. It's, but uh, it's Ninja, uh, Ninja, Ninja Theory. Theory. Ninja Theory, that's right. Uh, and uh, they did a wonderful job with this. They were exploring. Uh, they have a they have a documentary that comes with the game. You can watch it when it's over. But they they spent a lot of time talking to people with uh, with um, 
mental disorders, uh, with schizophrenia and stuff like that. And, you know, one of my favorite things about that was that they really listened to those people, and you could tell that they took their, their feelings to heart. Uh, that's just something that I love about the game. It's not really what makes it spooky. What I, what I think makes it spooky is, um, first of all, it's, it's a Souls-like game, like a Dark Souls kind of thing where you fight monsters and you got to dodge around and stuff like that. Uh, there's not a lot of bosses, not as many as I think there are in Dark Souls games, and it's a pretty, it's relatively short. It's only, uh, again, it's only maybe a three or four hour game. And, um... So it's uh, you, you play as this woman Senua, and your love, your your true love, has been murdered by Vikings. Don't you know? And oh, I um, hate when that happens. Yeah, and they did a thing that real Vikings actually did called the Blood Eagle to this fellow, and uh, that's where they. It's 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 similar to a crucifixion, but there's more flaying involved. And mm. um, so what that did was that. Fucked with his soul, I guess. Uh, so she cut off his head, and she's taking his soul to the Viking underworld to save his soul. And uh, it's a very personal journey. The uh, the the voice work is really wonderful. There's a there's a, and the, the the capture the woman who plays Senua is really good. And uh, there's a lot of emotional anguish. In the game, and it's another game, like I said, like in Inside, where when the character dies, it's not just like a, they don't just ragdoll and flop around or something like that. They, you know, she fights back. She freaks out. She doesn't want to die. Go figure. And uh, it's just really a lot of fun to, uh, to play <laughs> and uh, to explore this world. It's not really fun. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's actually, I don't play, I've only played it through twice. Because I don't like putting her through it every time. Ooh. It's really, it's, but it's good. It's worth playing and it's worth uh, experiencing. And there's a wonderful narrator who I think it's really, it's about depression. It's about pain. It's about grief. It's about strength. It's about also what's real and what isn't. And something they bring up in the documentary uh, and that, you know, is apparent, you know, in the game when you think about it is that there's a lot of questions about what, well, for someone who has a mental condition where they hear voices, and those right, are auditory yeah. hallucinations and that sort of thing, and people can say, well, that's not real. That's not real. Well, don't worry. That's not real. It's just in your head. Well, if you're in that head, it is real. And it's, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a phenomenon of the nerves. It's still real, and it's still something that you experience, and you don't just get to brush it off by saying, oh, it's not real, because that doesn't change your reality. It's true. I mean, you know, if I tell people that uh, I'm talking to a floating skull, they'll they'll think that I'm making things up. And we both know that that's not true. Hello? This is the part where we reveal that you've been doing the podcast by yourself the whole time. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Meatless. Dramatic twist, huh? <laughs> oh, you're, ter- you're turning this whole show into a spook fest. <laughs> you cheeky skull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one, Robbie. Thanks. So yeah, Hellblade, really good, 
Um, there's some wonderful chase scenes. There's, 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 there's parts of the game where, like, walking into the dark, like, voices and weird shadows come and kill her. And it's not like she gets cut up. She just, like, it's very upsetting. Really good game, though. Really worth playing. And it's, I'd say it's like a medicine almost. Uh, if someone's feeling anxiety about it. Well, I'll tell you, when I played it, 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 it sort of was almost a, a catharsis. It was a, mm. a purging of my own anxiety. Like, I felt less alone. And not to say that I experience auditory hallucinations necessarily, but, but just that, <clears throat> that sense of not being in control of one's own brain that I think we all actually feel mm. is, uh, it's, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a really powerful story and, and I think well worth playing. Mr. Meatless, you've sold me on it. Yeah? Oh, I, again, I, I'd love to hear what you think about it, Robbie. I will, I will play it. As soon as I am physically able. Oh, that's great. Yes. It's, now, get ready, though. It's a doozy. I mean, it's like the, the, the actress is wonderful, and there's a lot of emotional, uh, you know, energy. It's not just, you know, jump scares or, ooh, a spooky mm. monster. There's, yeah. uh, there's a lot of, like, real human pain, or at least an attempt to convey real human pain. Like, it's, it's sort of that thing where it's like, you know... <laughs> A lot of video games these days are really focused on hell. Mm. And, oh, we're going to go to hell. And we're going to punch demons all goddamn day because that's what hell is. Everybody gets to go to hell and, and you just bully demons. Like, all the demons are weak. And if you just have a big enough gun, then you win. Uh, and that's a very childish view of hell. That's that's someone who, who wants their heaven to be hell. Uh Hell is uh, hell is not a good place. Hell is pain. It's anguish. It's loneliness. It's desperation. It's loss. And uh, you know, if you're dealing with physical manifestations or physical representations of these sorts of concepts, they should be terrifying, and they should be, but not just like, not just neat design terrifying, but but really upsetting, really frightening. And for the character to go through it should be painful. Because if someone's just going around bullying demons, that's not really a story about hell. That's very true. Wow. What an impassioned uh, summary you've given us there, Mr. Meatless. I didn't mean to go off the rails like that, but really, it's a no, wonderful story. That's what we're here for. And it sounds great. In a in a in a in a very somber way, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't know if I'd even call it somber, but it's it's in a, yeah. It certainly takes it seriously. Hmm. Unlike my next pick, Mister Meatless, which is um, something a little more palatable, I would say, for most people, and that is. The game Alan Wake. The Deerfest guests have already started to arrive. This KBFFM, and now some music. Wow, it's gorgeous, Alan. Her own private island. Alice? Cold 
Cauldron Lake is a special place. Darkness will consume everything. Do you ever play Alan Wake, Mr. Medius? I haven't. So and that's a little embarrassing. No, not at all. I recommend it. Um, it's on uh, Xbox 360. I own it. I have it on. You own it. Yeah, I have it on Steam. Oh, well, then you have no excuse. Fair enough. Apart from you know not having any hands. Oh, I can play games. How do you play games? Oh, usually on the computer. <laughs> cool. So Alan so, Wake. Alan Wake. Alan Wake is uh, a game by the studio Remedy, um, who uh, I think they, they made Max Payne. Um, they made Quantum Break more recently. Um, but they, uh, so Alan Wake is a, effectively, it's, they've taken all of their, um, everything that kind of, everything real and, uh, imagined about the worlds that Stephen King creates and okay. basically pour, and basically they've poured them all into a video game and Alan Wake is basically a character in a Stephen King novel but in this particular story he is the writer so uh oh. and the the game takes place kind of between realities um the the real location of Bright Falls which is where Alan Wake uh has moved to with his wife in order to he 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 lives in the city and he suffers from writer's block. Oh no! He's a, he's yeah, I know. He's a best-selling author, and he can't oh, write. Oh, poor dear! That's like yeah, it's like Beethoven. Exactly. Now, if that weren't hell enough, um, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly his uh, nightmares start to become a reality, and uh, the the concepts and and ideas that he puts into his books that have made him famous, made him a, a global, you know, uh, superstar for oh. horror fiction, start to terrify him for real. Um, and it's just... But it's all done in a very slightly kind of like a hokey B-movie Twilight Zone <laughs> kind of way. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's it's it is deeply unsettling. It's very scary. It's very action packed, um, but it's kind of got this nice sort of quaintness to it, in a way. Okay. Like the game opens with uh, a nightmare sequence, and 
it's and Alan Wake is uh, narrating, so he narrates all the way through the game. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so he re- he narrates his own actions, and it's got this air of like uh, old like VH1 reality shows, <laughs> where like. Um, or like an old MTV <laughs> reality show. It's almost like that. What? It's quite strange. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, but I think that sort of adds to its character. But it's very scary. So you have to fight these... Um, uh, you have to fight these uh, spirits or entities that are haunting Alan. And Alan, um, he, he's not hes not like a fighter as such. He's not particularly well-armed. Um and uh, the entities that are chasing him are made from shadows. So the way that you defeat them is with light, which is like a really nice kind of... Uh, it, br- it, bring- it lends itself to like really creative um, and uh, dazzling uh, action sequences, which is really cool. But I, I think it's just... It's just a very peculiar game, and it is very scary. But I think it's more—it's—it's it's scary in a fun way, you like know how camp, like, like camp. Exactly. Yes, it's exactly like camp or school. Um, <laughs> I meant like camp horror, like not like, like you know what I mean, like <laughs> okay. campy horror films. Is that not a term you use? I thought you meant like summer camp. <laughs> no, no, no. I sorry. I I meant uh, yeah, like campy, like you know, yeah, uh, yeah, Army of very, Darkness. Sort yes, of thing. it's very. It's probably a bit scarier than that. Sure, but it's but it's uh, there's a there's a sequence in it where you are uh, having to fight entities during a heavy metal concert by <laughs> a, a a band that, that that style themselves after Vikings. So Led Zeppelin. It's very similar. The The inspiration is obvious for anyone that is uh, paying close enough attention. Well, that sounds cool. How long does it take to get through the old Alan Wake? Well, it's a bit of a long one, is Mr. It? Meatless. Yeah, it's a bit lengthy. So, uh, depending on your mileage for those types of games, it'll probably set you back a good ten hours. Oh, all right then. It's, do- it's manageable. That's like two but- or three sittings. Yeah, yeah. You could get through it in a weekend. Hmm. hmm. Maybe it could be one for this weekend. It does seem like the appropriate weekend. It does indeed. But enough about my picks, Mr. Meatless. <laughs> let's, let's move on uh, to your next pick. Sure. Well, my next pick is... <laughs> I, I chose a demo as well. Uh, it's The House Abandoned by No Code.
And uh, this is actually the first chapter in um, the... Uh, oh, Lord, what's it called, Robbie? It's called, Mr. Meatless, it's called Stories Untold. That's right. Stories Untold by No Code. And the first and chapter just... is The House Abandoned. That's correct. And just just so I can throw this out there very quickly, Stories Untold has just come out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One this week. Ooh, hot diggity yeah. dog. Just in time for the Halloween season. Exactly. And it's also 20% off. Ooh, just in time for the discount Halloween season. There we go. Usually you got to wait till after Halloween for the discount goods. True. Mmm, cheap candy. Not, not with Devolver. Not with us. We sell out we soon fast. We fucking launch with discounts. <laughs> Uh, I really love the house abandoned. Uh, the whole story is untold. is 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 quite good and very interesting. Yeah. It's it's wonderful environmental storytelling. Even though you don't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and the first episode, though, I I have to say is the one that really got me the most. Um, I mean, they were all scary, but this is the one that sort of just I I, I don't know. I, so you're sitting, basically, it's just an old text adventure game like a Zork or something like that, except not nearly yeah. as boring as Zork. Uh, <laughs> if you've gone back and tried to play Zork, which I have. Um, but it's, uh, so you basically your display will have like an old-timey computer, and then you type into the computer. And uh, for consoles, you have a limited choice of what to say, so that's probably a little easier. But um, <clears throat> on PC, you can type whatever you want. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's very scary, and it's all atmosphere, and it's all just typing and, and sound. And uh, it's very simple in its mm. um, ingredients, yeah. but uh, exquisite in its execution. I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> it's um, the first time I played it... Uh, I, I, just, I sort of wasn't really... I didn't really know what to expect... Yeah. And even as I was playing, I, I like it, it. It really twists and it turns in such a such a, a masterful way. It's yeah, as you say, the fact that you don't move, you just <laughs> sit in front of a computer, um, mm. and yet somehow this game continually surprises you and mm -hmm. scares you. Mm -hmm. I think is really really cool. I really love it. Yeah, it, it it sort of feels like being in a haunted house. Oh yeah, <laughs> it really creates that sense of being uh, in a haunted house, and that's uh, it's really a does lot it, of fun. Does it make you feel at home? Oh, oh, like I live? Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> no, I generally exist in like a. A smoky void, orange oh. smoky mist, is oh. my uh, is where I generally reside when I'm not here doing publicity for Devolver Digital. Yeah. Uh, so so houses generally freak me out. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to freak you out. Oh, that's all right. What's your what's does your mist does it so you, it's an orange mist? Does it have a does it have an odor? Skull, mostly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Smells like skull, I guess. You know that skull smell? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, like that. Roughly. It's been a while since <clears throat> I've, I've had a good sniff of one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. Well, it is the season to be squeezing skulls, like the kids say. <laughs> it is. And, um, Maybe when you come over to play PT, I can have a little sniff. <laughs> Way to make it weird, Robbie. Shall I talk about my <laughs> pick, Mr. Meals? Sure, yeah, sure. The House Abandoned, by the way, is very short for anyone who wants to go it and is, get yeah, stories it's untold and try it out. And then, you know, it's episodic and, and it's really wonderful, that game, because it, it does play like an old TV series, like a Twilight yeah. Zone kind of thing. So you play yeah. one episode and then you play the next and you're like, oh, this is spooky in a different way. It um, is. <clears throat> so, so it's funny, actually, because we went from Alan Wake, which kind of took that slightly B-movie TV format. Then The House Abandoned, which evokes yep. that kind of Twilight Zone vibe. And now I'm going to go on to talk about uh, my next pick, uh, which is the game Control. You called me. So here I am. Things change when you become director. Something's coming. Something unbelievable. Unknowable. Chaos of biblical proportions. Now that is uh, also made by Remedy, who made Alan Wake. And funnily right? enough, yeah, funnily enough, it follows the same uh, type of vibe as The House Abandon and Alan Wake. Um, it's it's probably even more overtly uh, kind of inspired by the likes of. Um, uh, Twin Peaks and the Twilight Zone and the X-Files and things like that. Um, Control is a game where kind of similarly to Alan Wake um, and kind of quite a few of the games that we've talked about really like PT and The House Abandoned as well where you start the game and it's it's vague as to who you are, why you're where you are, what's going on, um, and what you're supposed to do. And it's only really through just just going through the game that you that you begin to figure out uh, what's going on around you and um, piece the story together yourself. And I really enjoy that in video games when they kind of um, they let you sort of the narrative reveals itself through your actions and control is it's it's very it's very stylish it's very very well made um again good performances from the characters who everyone has that slightly sort of everyone's slightly off which is very like twin peaks as well like people are people like the characters are really well fleshed out um and realized but they're all performed in that slightly odd everyone's slightly odd kind of that david lynch thing yeah so that kind of that's the first thing that makes the game creepy um 
then you've got the enemies, some of which are deeply disturbing. <laughs> Very kind of like they're, they're these they're these uh, characters that are called the corrupted, and uh, the, I mean they are corrupted. They're corrupted people. So you can imagine if a person has been corrupted by an evil force, what that what that does to them physically and uh you know and then the way they act and the way they move and things like that so it's it's just really odd and uh uncomfortable um but very very cool and and all of the character designs are really uh kind of like quite uh freakish and uh it's great it's really fun uh, I, I thought it was a really cool game um it's creepy it's fun it's schlocky um and yeah it's just really well done i think i've talked about it a few times on the podcast before so i don't want to bang on about it too much but uh, they the developers uh recently confirmed as well that control and alan wake actually exist uh within the same kind of imagined universe that they've created so there's um there's a lot of crossover between the two games, and they make quite nice companion pieces. If, uh, if, if you ever fancy playing them, they're, they're worth both playing uh, in succession. So, uh, so you can kind of like build out this this little imaginary world. It's really cool. Hmm. Mm, that sounds nice. I, I I did play a little bit of it. It was very office space. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know. Why don't you come on down here on on the weekend and you know uh, destroy some of these corrupted and uh, that'd be great. And I, I you know, uh, I dug that. I dug that that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, nothing's really more frightening than the banal eternity of office buildings. The gray beige nothingness of the people you find there. I'm kidding, of course. There's plenty of Fun, happy humans living wonderful, fulfilled lives in offices, <laughs> having their spirits crushed out. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm touched that you uh, spare a thought for the office workers on our podcast, Mr. Meatless. Oh, yeah. You know, spare a thought. Man, I tell you what's scary, Brazil. You ever see that movie? Oh, Scared the yeah. hell out of me. Terry yeah, that's Gilliam. a that's a fucked up movie. The scene, I'll tell you what, the scene where the guy dies from paperwork was for some <laughs> yeah. reason one of the most viscerally upsetting scenes. Yep. Of death. It was very strange. Hmm. Yep. How did you end up becoming a skull? Well, I mean, what do you mean? I always I was always <laughs> a skull. You've just always been a skull. So yeah. you, were, you were a little skull growing up? No. No? No. Oh. I've always been a floating skull. <laughs> oh, you just popped into existence. Yeah, that's like all floating skulls. That's how floating oh. skulls are made. I'll be honest, Mr. Meatless, you're the only floating skull I've ever met. Really? Yeah. But there's so many of us in films and movies and games. Did you ever play Planescape Torment? There's Mort in that one. He's a delight. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of wonderful skulls in the world. 
Oh, I should probably yeah. be more. I should probably be on the lookout for more of them. Really. Oh yeah, we're everywhere. If I tell I you what. Hmm. If I was going to say, if I mention that I know you uh, to any other floating skulls that I meet, uh, would that was would that might be... come off as a little pretentious name dropping oh. <laughs> right there? But okay. um, you know, I mean, sure. If that's I mean, if you're worried about having credibility among the floating skulls. Then, um, then yeah, sure. Feel free to drop my name. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, well, absolutely. you know, I'll, I'll try and do it. I'll try and do it in you know just like a casual way. Yeah, don't do it around the floating clavicles, though. They don't. They're not fans of my work. I'd never be seen with a floating clavicle. Good, good on you, Robbie. Hey, Mister Meatless. Yes, Robbie. Let's talk about your last. Pick These are those seamless transitions I've heard so much about. Yeah, did yeah. JM pass that on? Yeah, he did. He told me. He's like, watch out. You're not going to know when you're going from talking to one thing to the next. Robbie's going to, he's smooth like a greased snake, that kid. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> uh, my next choice is actually the first game I ever streamed. When I first came into existence, it was playing the Dream Machine. It's a what's, wonderful uh, game. What's the dream machine? You know what? Let me go ahead and, and look up who made it real fast because I do want to say who made it. It's a small, small group. Let's see now. The Dream Machine by The Sleeping Machine. That was the publisher and the developer was Cockroach Incorporated or Cockroach Inc. The Dream Machine is a point-and-click adventure game made entirely out of clay and cardboard. Uh, and I Ooh. suppose some lighting as well. Uh, but it's all handcrafted. It's, it's all real physical objects that have been modeled. And um, it's a five-part story. They've all been released. They're all out now, so you can, you can buy them all together. It uh, doesn't take nearly as long as Kentucky Route Zero. Good Lord. <laughs> um, did you ever play Kentucky Route Zero? Uh, I started it. Yeah, didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I uh, I actually got through four episodes, and then the fifth hadn't been released, and by the time the fifth came out, I, I couldn't be bothered to get back into it. 
Yep. Um, but the Dream Machine is not nearly so lugubrious, and it's a five-part story, point-and-click adventure, and uh, I can't remember the characters' names, but it's about a young couple who've just moved into a new apartment building, and uh, and they have some pretty weird dreams on their first night, mm-hmm. and then they uh, they discover a camera hidden behind a picture on their wall. I'm kind of giving away the first episode here, but don't worry about that. Uh, the dialogue is really well written, too. Very natural, casual conversation like real people would have. and uh, Like me and you. Like we're having now. Yes, exactly. And uh, it, like, like the husband and wife are talking about their dreams, and it's really fun the way that they talk about them because it's like they talk about them like people talk about their dreams, and I know that's a very weird <laughs> thing to fixate on. <laughs> but, but when people, you know, when people talk, and it's good dialogue. That's the point. But they're written well. In fact, the whole story is written well because basically in the first episode you discover that there is a dream machine. And mm. this dream machine, for one reason or another, for narrative reasons, leads you into the dreams of other people. Oh. And when you go into these different people, it's all the different residents of the building. When you go into their dreams, you go into the human psyche in a lot of wonderful ways. It's very thoughtfully written out. It's very uh, dark and upsetting at times they are <laughs> i remember the end of the fourth episode <clears throat> when i made a realization uh that that shocked me and i remember uh, a part in the fifth episode where i realized the next thing that i would have to do and it shocked me it's um <clears throat> excuse me it's just it's just absolutely um it's really good the uh, the story's great. I mean, there, there's a part where you're speaking to the abyss. You're standing at the edge of the abyss, and you're speaking to the nothingness. And the nothingness replies to you in in such a wonderful way. It's so mm-hmm. well written. It's uh, it, there's it, how do I describe the the oblivion seeking malevolence of the abyss? The passive beckoning towards self-destruction and entropy that is staring into the abyss of the human soul. I don't know how to describe it, but I, and I don't know how they wrote it, but they wrote it well. I think you described it very well. Oh, thank you very much, Robbie. You're very welcome. It's, I've uh, noticed that hmm. it sounds like a lot of your uh, choices for uh, spooky and scary games focus a lot on the, the human condition, the human response to well to all sorts of things i'd say you're right robbie what truly kind of what truly scares us you know are our own thoughts in many ways oh yeah oh (laughs) it is it is it's it's our own thoughts and it's the cruelty that other people inflict on other people in real you know in normal ways and everyday ways and that's you know real scary stuff yeah, and it segues nicely into my final pick, uh, in which we learn that man is the real monster, and that's in Bioshock. A man has a choice. I chose the impossible. I built a city where the artist would not fear the censor. Where the great 
will not be constrained by the small. Where the scientist would not be bound by petty morality, I chose to build rapture. But my city was betrayed by the weak. So I ask you, my friend, if your life were the prize, would you kill the innocent? Would you sacrifice your humanity? We all make choices, but in the end, our choices make us. How about that for a segue? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was one it certainly was one it certainly was one well mr meatless uh, if it were mario kart i would have gone off the map on that one (laughs) well i'll try 60 degree turn i'll try and keep us on track uh, as we as we see this one out and um i'll talk briefly about bioshock i imagine at this point uh most people who play video games or at least have a passing uh awareness of bioshock have you played bioshock mr meatless uh not all the way through but yeah mm. can you go underwater yeah wow do you have to hold your breath no oh man but can it's you talk- fun yeah i bet can you can you talk to uh other fish yeah can i talk to fish sure anybody can talk to fish oh uh, yeah but do they talk back no fish don't talk no, no. Yeah, that's a shame well um anyway in bioshock you go underwater um and you find a uh a, a, an, in, an incredible uh underwater city that was made by a man called andrew ryan mm-hmm. uh, who was who was trying to escape uh what he felt was uh, an overbearing restrictive uh um uh society i suppose right. um and he wanted to he wanted to create his own sort of utopia um and he decided to do that under the sea sure just like fit. in the song yeah exactly there'll be um, no accusations just friendly crustaceans under the sea Oh, a true American hero. Mm. Sorry, please. So, um, yeah. So in this game, uh, you go underwater, and uh, you you are in uh, you play a character who crash lands in the ocean. You're in a plane, and uh, and your plane crashes into the sea. And when you, and you you survive, and when you get free of the wreckage, uh, you find a lighthouse, um, which is is in in the middle of the ocean. So you go inside and uh, you find this uh, bathysphere, which is sort of like an underwater elevator. And it takes you down uh, to this amazing city called Rapture. Now, the reason why this game is on my list is because the first time I played it, again, we're back to talking about playing demos for the first time. But the first time I played it, I played a demo on Xbox 360 and in the demo it's the it's the opening of the game so the part that i just described 
and then when you arrive in rapture and uh the realization that uh things have gone very bad down under the ocean waves and uh rapture is a city in dis disarray uh there are creepy uh scary people running around uh that you have no idea what's wrong with them they seem to be on drugs or they seem to be mutated i in remember them. they're always like mumbling and stuff yeah um and uh everything is this kind of art deco uh aesthetic it looks absolutely gorgeous but it's 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 sort of made all the more beautiful and terrifying by seeing all of this amazing architecture sort of just dark and destroyed and um it's just very very uh, the claustrophobia that you feel you know you can sort of feel the water kind of trying to get in around you and it's Mm. just very 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 uh uncomfortable and um there are there are numerous you know there are lots of good set pieces in it with jump scares and this that and the other um which i think it does all of those very well but really it's it's just the atmosphere in the city itself that's just so i mean it's 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 gorgeous and it's and it's luscious um while at the same time being just just horribly (laughs) horribly sort of uh oppressive and overwhelming and you know you're sort of you you're you're wrestling as much with trying to navigate this like uh this terrifying environment as you are the the creatures that dwell within its darkened corridors Mm. and uh the first time i played it it the demo i i loved it so much but i found it so scary and and when i played the game i i I don't feel like many people who talk about bioshock today necessarily speak to the real you know that how terrifying that game could be um you know away from the the more um obvious moments it's a it's just a very troubling game mm. and i i loved it I, th- I i still love it to this day i think it's great you uh you you, you talked recently about the the the, the re-releases didn't you did uh, they do Bio- a re-release of bioshock they did, they, yeah they i think they they sort of they remastered them mm. for uh, yeah for uh, for xbox and playstation Mm. And just sort of like spruced them up and made them look a bit fancier. Mm. But I, yeah, I, I love those games. I, I love the first two, Bioshock and Bioshock 2, which are both set in Rapture. Mm. I think they're both good. The first one is the scary one, though, and that's why it's relevant. Do they get more? Podcast. Do they get less scary and more actiony as they go on? Yeah, the second one isn't scary, and the third one is uh, <clears throat> dreadful. It's you know I saw recently that they added Rambo to Mortal Kombat 11. They did. They added yeah. fucking Rambo, right? But if you <laughs> ever you ever seen the original Rambo film, Robbie? Yeah. First <laughs> Blood. Yeah, it's not a movie about a guy who like goes around kicking ass and being cool. No. 
it's, it's not. It's the story of like an American, you know, Vietnam veteran just getting, you know, harassed in the Pacific Northwest by a shitty fucking, you know, sheriff who Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy plays that asshole real well, and yeah. uh, you know, and it's about this guy with PTSD, and again, the human experience. Yeah, it's strange how stories get away from that. It's very true. It's very true because yeah, the later Rambo movies are all big balls out action movies it's which, like you know depending on your appetite for that kind of thing are pretty fun at the end of the first one you know he's like breaking down and crying to his old yeah. general or whatever and you know he's 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 because he's watched people get turned into mush you know when you reach yeah. into a pile of goo that used to be your best friend's face and stuff <laughs> like that you know it's very <laughs> upsetting and then the next like and, and it leaves you hanging like the, the the story leaves you hanging with like well what do we do with this person now and they arrest him and they take him away but it's like you know this is not a happy ending so no, then I the just... second movie opens with the general coming to rambo in prison and being like hey man time to go back to vietnam <laughs> yeah you can't be happy in our society so get back out to fighting the wars huh that's a that's a wonderful answer isn't it and it's just yeah. it's fucking atrocious Rambo's story is a horror is a horror film. It is. The first one is actually quite scary. It's very tense when it, when they're hunt, hunting him in the forest it's and stuff. Very intense, and he's you know just desperate to survive and get away, yeah. and he's just trying like you know I I didn't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to hurt nobody, and the, the cops got his dander up because you know God forbid you know a vagrant try to walk into town to get something to eat. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and it's just it's just strange how things get away from their origins in a lot of ways. It's true. Uh, you know, with uh, I mean, so you know, when I heard of you know when when Bioshock first came out, what I heard so much about it was that it was sort of parodying Ayn Rand. Yeah. And you know, if you're looking for for horror, you know, look to a world you know where objectivism, quote unquote objectivism, is uh, is the is the norm. Nobody mm. wants that. Um, but does it does it kind of hold with that mentality of of, of of you know kind of parodying or 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 you know being in parallel to her sort of philosophies? Yeah, yeah. or does it I lose think, that? I think all the Bioshock games do follow that notion of of sort of uh, parodying and subverting extreme political viewpoints. Yeah. Um, in order to, you know, kind of uh, throw into stark relief, um, you know, uh, our propensity to get lost in the woods, you know, and, and lose sight of um, what really matters, which is, uh, you know, looking looking out for each other and, mm. uh, and being good people. Mm. And um, I thought the first one did that... Um, really really nicely for a video game um and uh i even thought the second one uh the second one actually probably had some some more some some more rounded characters in it than the first one it was a a bit more thoughtful the third one just fucking loads of shotgun full of uh you know kind of um very uh very predictable and very very stereotypical um a, a very stereotypical view of um 
of of uh, certain kind of um, well cr- Christian religions and communism and uh, and really a lot of harmful kind of stereotypes I would say particularly racially uh, and just kind of like and just kind of like blasts them in your face over and over again um, oh goodness and uh, and and and, and, it, and all to really just set up. A kind of a, a, a twisty, you know, sort of like wibbly wobbly ending mm. uh, that serves no other purpose really, other than to make you go, "Ooh, what a twist!" Yeah, ooh, what a twist! So, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, so that is that. I would not consider that among my favourites. Hmm. But the first one, one of your favourite spooky games of all time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Spooky games. So let's go. Let's let's do a little quick recap of uh, of our lists. So your your list uh, included uh, the very scary Gmail score mm. story about mm-hmm. twenty thousand emails. Mm-hmm. Horrifying. Uh, you talked about inside. Mm, that's right. Uh, you talked about Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, which mm. sounds very intense. Oh, it's so intense. Very good. Uh, you talked about the house abandoned, mm-hmm. and we mentioned that stories untold is available now on PlayStation Four and Xbox available Xbox. now. And you talked about the Dream Machine, which I, sounds really cool. I love point and click adventure games, so I'd really like to check that one out. Oh, I, 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 I hope you do. I will do my best, Mister Meatless. You have my word. I, I'll say because it is a point-and-click adventure game. Sometimes the puzzles get a little obtuse because that yeah. is the nature of point-and-click adventure games. Yeah, but a scary thought in itself. <laughs> <laughs> and my list, I oh, chose. Yeah. Wait, I, I chose. So you chose. Uh, you chose Resident Evil. Yep. Two, primarily the Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. But the series as a whole. Yeah. Uh, Silent Hill playable trailer. That's the one. Yeah, PT. Alan Wake. Yes. The story of a writer who leaves the city. The story of a writer with writer's block because he yes. can't come up with an idea, all his old ideas, trying to kill him. That's scary. Yeah. Control. Yep. And... Bioshock. Yeah. The story of Rapture. Indeed. So I think out, out of your choices, 
I think I I think I'm most interested to play Hellblade. Yeah. I yeah, I think that's the one that sticks out as a, as a game that I should play. I I think I should go ahead and play Alan Wake. But you know what? When we were talking, I was real tempted to go play Bioshock again. I bet it's on the Switch. I think it is. Everything's better on Switch. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Is that the preferred uh, platform for floating skulls? Well, it's my preference. I can't speak for all floating skulls. Mm, I suppose it is portable, so if you're floating around, you can take it with you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and you could stick a Joy-Con in each eye socket. Kids love that. <laughs> and it's and it uh, it has motion control as well, so you can shake your head around, mm. shake your skull around. Mm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, Mr. Meatless. Well, Robbie. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Devolver Digital Forecast. Well, thanks for having me. It's been an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I hope uh, everybody listening at home has enjoyed it too. Mm. Um, when will you be? Uh, will you be making an appearance on Devolver Digital Twitch anytime oh, sure. over the Halloween period? I stream period? Thursday. I'll, I'll be on Thursday at five p.m. Uh, Pacific, uh, that's 8 p.m. Eastern, U.S. times, and yep. uh, yeah, you know, I, if I can get a hold of PT, I'd love to play that. Oh, let's see if we can get a copy of PT for you, Mr. Meatless. I, I think I have I have a contact who's not too far away uh, that I might be able to remote play PT. Oh, lovely. That would, be, uh, that, would be, that would be, as the French say, the tits. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, on didn't know that I note... was so cultured, did you? <laughs> uh, on that note, Mr. Meatless, I would like to thank you one more time for joining me on the forecast. Uh, listeners at home, uh, you can hashtag forecast on Twitter and send us messages or questions and say your hellos and how you doings to Mr. Meatless, and I'm sure Mr. Meatless will uh, appreciate that. Uh, you can find all of our episodes, forecast.devolverdigital.com, or uh, on any of your uh, preferred podcast streaming platforms. Mr. Meatless, do you have a preferred podcast streaming platform? Oh, you know what? Uh, hold on, though. Uh, we've got some... Uh, there's some forecast responses. We've oh, got... Mr. Meatless, you, yeah. you really are born in the, uh, uh, can't remember what I was going to say, but you're doing JM's job very well. Oh, thank you very much. Well, he left, he, he left notes. Okay, good. We've got, a, organized. we've got a tweet from Keyboard Cat that says that, hi, I, I was told to tweet this, hi, and uh, thanks for bringing back from some nostalgia from, for, for the late shift for Jared. Uh, Jared's oh, yeah. late shift got stuff got me through long college nights. Those Twitch streams were something I looked forward to every single week. That's oh, wonderful. That's lovely to hear. We've got, We've got uh, a lot. There's We've got several a lot of, love of them. Jared. Oh yeah. Oh, Jared is our most popular guest so far. Yes. Topher X Bones says, "I listen. I just don't have input on most episodes." Hashtag forecast. Did enjoy having half a peek of what the show is like when JM was on the PAX Online Pitch a Game panel, though. 
definitely seem to be a major wild card to the panelists. <laughs> Go get them, JM. <laughs> Trollpurse yeah. says... Oh, sorry, what? No, no, I was just agreeing with you. Trollpurse says, hashtag forecast, good content. Please balance audio more so you are in the same room. Guests, too. All right, well, thanks for that. Uh, thank you <laughs> Pretty very difficult much. at the moment. Maybe ask the folks over at GOG Podcast. And Ace Meatballs at Ace Weiner says, everyone watching the hashtag forecast and being called out for liking the podcast as is. Uh, well, thanks for liking it just as it is. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Oh, I think you were you were asking folks if there were things that needed to be changed, but it sounds like folks like it just the way it is. More Jared seems to be the battle cry. <laughs> yeah, we, we've shot ourselves in the foot there, I think, Mr. Beatless, because uh, people just want to hear Jared. So. He's got those dulcet tones, you know. He has. He has got those dulcet oh, tones. Oh, and middle-aged nerd posted. Not just oh. because this episode involves a community that I was and still am a part of, but because shame and pity are more powerful motivators than love. Aww. And of course, number one forecast fan, Vieco, said, Stay weird, you two. For the rest of you two, here, for the rest of you, here's the latest episode. So this was him reposting the Jared episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, he tagged well. both you and Jared, but neither of you are on Twitter, so it didn't do you any good. <laughs> no. Oh well. Where they can find us is at Devolver Digital on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, as you've just evidenced so perfectly, Mr. Meatless, if people hashtag forecast on Twitter, uh you'll get a response from us on the podcast. Yeah, that's so nice of everybody to chime in like that. That's real yeah, encouraging. It is. It's great. It's nice. It's. Uh, I feel like we're really starting to get get our our community going now. You can also join the uh, join in with the fun and games in Discord. Do you have Discord, Mister Meatless? Uh no. I suppose your Discord, this spinal cord. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, you can join us on Discord. Um, <laughs> See, I thought you were going to go with Dis, which is a city in, in the underworld, but you went with Dispinal Cord, and I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> well, I like to keep you guessing. Um, yeah, so you can join us, Devolver Digital, on Discord. There's a forecast channel in there um, where we do lots of chatting. And... Um, yeah, I think that's it, really. Uh, Mr. Meatless, is there anything else? Tell you what, Mr. Meatless, why don't you why don't you send us home? Oh, all right, Robbie. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate your time and your attention and all that jazz. Robbie, thanks so much for letting me hop onto the show with you for this wonderful Halloween episode. And uh, thanks, JM, for not being here. I know that's a relief for everyone involved. Uh, thanks so much. Have a wonderful, happy Halloween, everybody. If you're in the United States of America, please vote, and please, please vote correctly. And, uh, yeah, there's so much wonderful beauty in the world to be found in, uh, in both our anguish and our joy, and our rapture, I should have said, damn it, in both our anguish and our rapture. So, um, you know, there's always some, some beauty to be had in whatever we're experiencing. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Die well. <laughs>